The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kuule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Happy Wednesday. Happy Manawahine Wednesday to everybody. It's the last day of January, which means tomorrow is February, which means that Valentine's Day will be here before you know it for all of you guys that celebrate, I guess is the best term to say, or it's a big deal to <laughs> with Valentine's Day. So I'm throwing it out there for all of the people listening that know that their Who's partner, the their, yes, their other half cares intently about Valentine's Day. So I'm reminding you before February because it is the last day of January and it's Manawahine Wednesday. So because it is, just tell that special lady in your life, your other half, your partner, your mom, your sister, your cousin, anyone, something good today, even if it's just a random text. The random random texts are the best. Like, hey, I appreciate you. So there you go. Ladies, so you, can, you can do that too for your partner. Don't worry. I'm sure I'm yeah, sure they would enjoy it But it's Manawahine Wednesday, too. so I'm telling all of the other people. <laughs> hey. But ladies, if you're telling another, like a bestie or something, do that too. Tell everybody. Tell them that you rock and roll. That my friends and I do that all the time. We send like some of those songs to each other, which you'll hear today, of course, because it is Manawahine Wednesday. But you know, like, um, oh, what is that? Now now I have the song in my head that we send to each other all the time and I forget. But anyways. Well, they'll know. I'll remember it after. Exactly. Anywho. <laughs> Happy Manawahine Wednesday, beautiful people. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. Okay, we're good? We should be. Gosh, why does he do that? He stresses me out. (laughs) Sorry, guys. For everyone that uh, is wondering what we just did, we had our Mr. Program Director, Alan Mia, kind of walk past our window, look inside, and have a very serious face and um, mouth something that makes me feel like something is wrong. So I'm like, huh? But we don't see the light blinking, so that's good, right? He'll let us know if something yeah. is wrong, I would imagine. We okay. are on our nice program. One, okay. we're live <laughs> we're from good. Studio we're 5 here on Manawakine <laughs> Wednesday. We're having a goofy, giggly time here, and it's going to be a good day. It's going to be an amazing day. And the day is going to end with OIA Girls Basketball Championship Action Division 2 Championship between McKinley and Farrington getting underway at 5.30. Well, the broadcast will begin at around 5.30 tip off because it is on spectrum will be around 537 and then at 730 slash 737 we will have the division one championship between Kahuku and Campbell potentially going for a three-peat or if you've heard our promo yet could Kahuku make their return to the top of the OIA girls basketball world I can imagine both games will be pretty intense so be sure if you can't watch it on Spectrum, then we are right here for you guys on 95.1 FM, AM 760, and of course, HawaiiSportsRadio.com, or you can listen on demand in case you're busy or, you know, because you love Felipe, Ojostro them and watching it, but you love us too, so you can listen to it on demand later on so you can hear our broadcast as well. Just throwing that out there for everybody. Go to HawaiiSportsRadio.com and you can listen to all of our broadcasts, local broadcasts anyways, on demand at your convenience in case you guys miss anything but that's the big thing coming up girls basketball for the OIA championship action Kyle Galdera will be the play-by-play for both games Michael Lascaro will be on the call for division two and yours truly will be on the call for division one 
getting flashbacks on when we used to get dominated by Kahuku when I was playing at Mililani. So it's all fun. They both squads just look amazing. So I'm excited to see how they match up now against each other. It's going to be a really fun, fun, fun night of basketball. Uh, and uh, for the beautiful people, I used to listen to the broadcast in the radio because, you know, I'm I'm a little... Uh, I, I'm rushing around everywhere, so I'm in the car a lot. I'd listen on the radio for a little bit, then I'd switch to the TV broadcast, but I'd wonder how the rest of the radio broadcast went. So, you know, it's good for another day. You know, that's when those on-demands come up. But, no, should be super fun tonight. Four really, really awesome teams going at it. Four teams who have had really great seasons thus far. Mm-hmm. And a lot of awesome storylines mixed on in there, which always makes it... Just that much more entertaining, so you're not going to want to miss it, like Koo said, on 95.1 FM, AM 760, or HawaiiSportsRadio.com. You can also catch it on demand if you want to watch it, and then just want to listen to us afterwards because you like us. Yeah, love us so much. Anywho, all right, so that's what's going on later today. But of course, the thing that everybody is talking about, the Super Bowl coming up in less than a couple of weeks. As I tweeted about, I am efforting getting quite a few guests from Las Vegas I have officially confirmed Bill McConnell to join us next week, Monday. So Bill McConnell is from the Las Vegas uh, Super Bowl Planning Committee, in case you guys remember him when we were at the Circa Resort and Casino. He joined us for a good portion of that show when Kyle and I were up there talking about, and this was in September. So I'm very excited to ask him and find out all of the things that have been going on since we last spoke because obviously there's a ton now that we are going to be less than two weeks away and it's going to be the final push to make the best first Super Bowl in Las Vegas slash on the ninth island so Bill McConnell will join us next week Monday if you guys are curious about anything or is if there's anything specific you want to know about not necessarily from Bill but just anything I'm going to try to also get one of my friends that works in the uh, food service industry to see how they're gearing up for next week. So all of those kinds of things. Visit with our friends in Las Vegas. You can text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481. So I actually, we got a text yesterday that um, someone is going, but didn't he? They, didn't, they said they didn't have their ticket yet, but they will be in Vegas uh, next week, the 8th to the 12th. So lucky you. I think just even being there is going to be amazing and all the vibes of I'm kind of jealous being up there but <laughs> yeah it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun up in Vegas it's oh man I'm I am jealous because I mean cool we have evidence I texted immediately I was like so we're going to Vegas right next week yeah. <laughs> or two weeks from now it's it's Super insane. Bowl Vegas the media is staying at well the media it's weird because the media hotel was originally the Luxor and apparently it's sold out so now they're opening up rooms in Excalibur and for all of my fellow people that are regulars in Vegas, it I know on social media is kind of a chuckle because like all the comments are like, yeah, they're going to, oh, because people are like for the media, right? Those hotels, I think it's only like just over a hundred bucks a night during Super Bowl week, which is insanely cheap. I was going to say. But at the great. same time, it's because a lot of the comments kind of share the same sentiment. It's like the two hotels that nobody wants to stay at. So, <laughs> but it's Evens still out. it's still the media, you know, like it's not like they need to be rolled out the red carpet because they're te- technically there to work. So naturally you're going to be in those hotels. But I just, I know our friend Arash Mark- Mark- 
Markazi was talking about it. He's actually going to join us next week. He'll be in Las Vegas during Super Bowl. He says he gets in Monday as well. So we'll probably have him on the show on Tuesday, getting all the vibes. Uh, I don't know if you guys are from remember, because I'm assuming we have some of our listeners that potentially listen to another local radio station here. Uh, but Matias Burbell, he works for Sports Grid uh, on the continent, but he he and his co-workers are going to be in Las Vegas covering the Super Bowl, too. So he's going to join us. He was at Radio Row, I think, a couple of years ago, and he shared a lot of um, interesting uh NSFW types of things. <laughs> some uh, so, some after hours podcast version. Uh, apparently of during their podcast too. Oh, so goodness. I, I don't know. It. I love it. It's Vegas and they don't work for the mouse. So whatever. True, They're going to do whatever. As long as you don't work for the mouse, you got pretty much free reign. <laughs> I'm curious. They want. Some, of, some of my, uh, some students from my college are going to, to Super Bowl Media Row. Which is super interesting. I'm curious how it's going to be for a college student or for college students to experience that, especially considering, like we're talking about in Las Vegas, it's such a a wild time. I mean, like true. I mean, we talked a little bit about how the players can't stay actually on the strip; they're staying yeah. off the strip a bit. Yeah. So I'm curious about like how my school went about that and sending them because they're going as working media members to work for the radio station for the school. So I'm curious how the, the school went about that as well. It's such an awesome time. The the media, media row, Super Bowl week, all of it is, if you ever do get a chance to go and enjoy it, I really do recommend it, whether it's in Las Vegas or somewhere else. It's just it is one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences that you will not regret if you use it correctly. It's, uh, yeah. So I'm excited about this upcoming matchup for a, a few reasons, right? We we had this matchup a few years ago. It's the two teams that everybody's yeah. like not exactly rooting for, right? Yeah. Our Michael Ascaro <laughs> even was like... Uh, well, I, he's a Rams fan right. also, so of course well, you're naturally going to root against the 49ers. And then the Chiefs obviously have been in there. I didn't realize, so I did realize how great this streak was, but I didn't realize how on par it was with those Patriots who tormented me all throughout my childhood. Someone posted a graphic where if the Chiefs do end up winning this Super Bowl, how they would match that, like the peak of that it's Pats crazy. dynasty. And, and again, Patrick Mahomes isn't even 30 yet. I, I started to realize, yeah, that's the craziest part. If it, if Brady wasn't 2-0 in the playoffs against Mahomes, we might be talking about Patrick Mahomes going for his fifth Super Bowl ring right now. Jeez. Like, I know we're not a, a huge talk radio type of, or talk sports radio, and we're, we give a little bit more analysis, but that that is an insane what-if to, to think about where – if you don't have two of arguably or two the two arguably greatest quarterbacks to ever live going against each other while one is on their <laughs> way out and one is just learning about his true powers i don't know man it's uh <laughs> i love how you put that his true powers we're we're seeing greatness continued and until the jets are good again which uh, we'll see one day um well, well and then there's like the full circle moments right like yeah. You have Ed McCaffrey and Mike Shanahan that yep. won three Super Bowls together with the Denver Broncos, of course. And now their sons in Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan are going for a Super Bowl 
together. And all these little storylines that are in the NFL, you look at stuff like by the numbers. If we go back to actually the Chiefs-Ravens game, uh, the average viewership was 55.5 million and the peak was 64 million. So that makes it the most watched AFC championship game ever. So as if we talk about, though, that like, oh, yeah, nobody really wanted to see like the Chiefs. It's we know one reason why it it's probably Taylor boosted. Swift effect, that's baby. one. Obviously, that's one okay. reason. But as much as I love Tay-Tay, she's not exactly contributing to that big of a boost. I don't think potentially. But I mean, she did generate a value of three hundred and thirty one and a half million dollars for the NFL and the Chiefs, just her presence alone. But to think that, man, the Chiefs, and we're just, the NFL is just booming, getting bigger and bigger. But when we come back, we will actually get to the more sports business talk in the sense of, like I said, by the numbers. Take a look at some of the money looking, or with both franchises, that being the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, next on Wake Up in the Den. <laughs> Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Watch out, Las Vegas. Tons of media are coming (laughs) for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, they had like a record number of re- media requests for credentials. No surprise. I mean, it's 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 historic. It's the first yeah. Super Bowl in Las Vegas, catapulting it. If there was any debate, I mean, everything needs to go not perfect, obviously, but you know, things just need to go as normal, I guess, for lack of a better term, for a Super Bowl. For once we get past the actual game. There is no like there's there has to be no debate that Las Vegas will officially become the sports and entertainment capital of the world, because now you're hosting the most popular how they say the most popular TV show in the world <laughs> because everybody watches it. The you know, the viewership viewership this year, I'm, I'm sure will be even crazier because of all the new fans that have come around since the last time that these t- t- teams met. These two teams met in the Super Bowl, so it's going to be pretty intense. But before we continue to talk about the Chiefs and 49ers, breaking news from Adam Schefter, the Ravens, oh, excuse me, sorry, I was like, the Ravens defense, I was reading his next thing. So uh, (laughs) the Seattle Seahawks uh, are expected to hire the youngest uh, coach, head coach, Mike McDonald, right? Ravens defensive coordinator is opposed, according to sources, to be the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and then the fun nugget that Paul had mentioned during break via Adam Schefter that he's 36, so the Seahawks move from having the oldest head coach in Pete Carroll to now the youngest head coach. And what I was going to say before I kind of lost my uh, train of thought again via Adam Schefter is that the Ravens' defense under Mike McDonald allowed the fewest points per game, which was 16.5, while also recording the most sacks with 60 and takeaways which with 31 this past season. So could we see the return for the Legion of Boom that we knew so well were the stats? A big reason why Seattle was able to win their Super Bowl and or at least one. They could have won another one if it wasn't for going up against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But um, I know Seahawks fans would rather not remember that interception on the goal line. But there's actually a video going around of 
Bill Belichick called like it wasn't by accident. I guess you can say like Bill Belichick already. That's what makes a coach a good coach. He already had like a thought of what Pete Carroll was going to call and basically told his defense. And I forget what like this is what's going to happen. And they ran it perfectly. And that's what we saw come to an end. So little things like that when you have good teams, which is why we say um, certain coaches can get out coached by better coaches. Yeah, that I think that's the the best encapsulation of what coaching is, is coaching is knowing your opponent and your opponent goes further than just the players, your opponent's scheme goes to knowing the other coach's tendencies. And that's what analytics is, by the way, when people are like, oh, analytics, blah, 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 blah. Analytics is just playing what tendencies are. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just the truth of the matter. So I'm not going to go off on this whole tangent uh, because I know that I'll get a lot of old men screaming at clouds about numbers. But <laughs> um, this is a home run hire for mm-hmm. the Raven or for the Seahawks. The Ravens, obviously one of the best teams in the NFL all throughout this past year. Mike or Mike McDonald. I mean, just glowing things have been said about him from all coaches all around. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that he has now gone from each Harbaugh staff. I believe he was at Michigan, then moved up to the NFL, was plucked to be the defensive coordinator uh, after Wink Martindale left. And then, tell you what, what a, what a phenomenal turnaround for him to parlay that into a really good job in the Seahawks where you have a place that is very stable in terms of organizations uh, in, in a lot of ways. They, I know that they kind of fired Pete Carroll. They, like, I guess it's Reassigned. not. Right, it's not fired. It's the same thing that the Patriots did. Both of them were like, I want to keep coaching. And yeah. both organizations were like, eh, what if? Um, it's a home run hire. You get younger in the building. You bring that same energy that Pete Carroll was mm-hmm. really known for. And... I do find this interesting because this cycle has now seen, I believe, what, seven head coaches hired? I think there are eight total openings. The commander's the the only ones. Here's the recap. So Chargers, obviously, that's the big one. Jim Harbaugh, the Raiders, Raiders took out the interim title for Antonio Pierce, the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, the Titans, Brian Callahan, Panthers, Dave Canellis. Falcons, Raheem Morris, Seahawks, Mike McDonald, and yes, the Commanders are still open. So I'm the reason I say I'm curious about it is I feel like every single offseason we have this conversation about head coaches and should you hire a head coach with an offensive coordinator background? Should you hire them? You know, our defensive coordinators, should you? You have this conversation all the time, right? Okay. Looking at those seven head coaches that are hired, four of them have defensive backgrounds between Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator for the Ravens last year, Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, uh, Gerard Mayo, who was a linebacker for the Patriots, Antonio Pierce, former linebacker, Canales, obviously, former offensive coordinator, Callahan, former offensive coordinator, Jim Harbaugh, uh, his resume speaks for itself. Four of the seven hires, more than half the hires so far, have been defensive-minded coaches. But with them being defensive-minded coaches, they're young defensive-minded mm-hmm. coaches. I'm curious if that is a shift in thinking in the NFL hiring circles where it's like, okay, 
maybe maybe the older defensive coordinators don't work. Maybe that and that might be part of the reason you saw or saw Jeff Ulrich not get many off season. But then you have like your potential anomaly, like your Brandon Staley, who isn't well, very old either, and went from being a defensive coordinator for the Rams. And, and wasted did not a couple of years on Justin Herbert's career. So yeah. hence why we see now a Jim Harbaugh, an offensive guy, take over the helm in L.A. And that's why it's such a curious conversation yeah. for me, just because I don't think there is a right answer. Oh, no. I don't think there's really any correlation, to be well, totally honest. Someone like just different people. Dan Campbell, who never yeah. had like a coordinator position. Yeah. So, and... They went a lot further than anyone thought. It is about being a good leader of people, good leader of men, being able to get everybody on the same page, Mm -hmm. being disciplined, all the little things. I mean, it sounds like coach speak, but coach speak has become coach speak over the years for a reason. It's the stuff that ends up winning games, winning on the margins, winning the little parts, not being a penalized team, so on and so forth helps you out where if you have a great defense you can still win a Super Bowl oh, with yeah. a average offense but that offense needs to be disciplined that offense needs to be able to run the ball that offense needs offensive line play that is above average that offense needs a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over every team's going to need that though oh yeah so at the end of the day this is all a bunch of word salad for me <laughs> to say that it's curious. Well, kind of like how we always say, right? These, the NFL, it's like these are the best players in the world. And so you have 32 head coaches who, you know, ideally are the best at their job, limited amount of spots. And so everyone's coaching the best players in the world. Now it's how do you get all of those players on the same page? And of course, you're going to have like your crazy good players like Patrick Mahomes who we always talk about and Christian McCaffrey with the 49ers you're you're going to have like these players that are the best of the best the upper echelon uh, upper echelon but it comes down to yeah the coaching how you manage exactly what you said how you manage all of these men how you call plays how you anticipate what the other head coach on the other side is going to call just like we saw with Bill Belichick and that's what made him so good as much as people want to give all the credit to Tom Brady. It's like, hey, Tom Brady doesn't play on defense either. So Bill, <laughs> take it from me. Bill Belichick tormented me <laughs> and my favorite team my entire life so far. My celebration when he was gone should be enough for you to know that that dude can coach the living daylights out of a ball club. All right. Here's some fun stuff, though, to wrap up our NFL conversation, <laughs> at least for today, now that we have that rematch where Kansas City Chiefs did defeat the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 20 because uh, you know me, me and my sports business and looking at these numbers. It's important so and fun. Sportico's valuation of the San Francisco 49ers, $6.15 billion. NFL average, by the way, is around $5.14 billion, but that ranks them fifth of the 32 teams uh, in the U.S. sports rank that makes them ninth. Real estate and related businesses, $50 million. 2022 revenue, $660 million. Championships, five. We know that's been a while, though. <laughs> and purchase price, $17 million back in 1977. Seems so little bit now. Uh, but if you think that's a little bit, look at the Kansas City Chiefs purchase price 
twenty-five thousand dollars in nineteen sixty, <laughs> and now their Sportico valuation four point five two billion dollars. So they're actually below, which is crazy because we saw the Golden State Warriors right their value increase with all the championships they've won. The Chiefs are actually sitting below the NFL average. So they're at 4.52 billion and the NFL average as I mentioned is 5.14 billion. So they rank 19th of the 32 teams and 29th in US sports. 2021 revenue was 505 million and 2022 was 548 million and as we're very familiar with they are owned by the Hunt family but dang $25,000 in 1960 that's just so like what I I know that there are like conversions to the numbers and whatnot and I know it's not like 25,000 now but still like still oh no that's a way like even if you accounted for inflation yeah on that 25,000 which I've done before with other um valuations that we've looked at like this is, I don't even know what multiple at this point. Well, your return on investment, thing. your ROI is stupid at this point. Where it's it's like you could get out at any time, and you're never gonna take a loss because of it. But it's such a cash cow that you never want to leave. It's I have said this before: investing in a successful sports franchise. If you're able to get a f- sports franchise and you commit to doing it well, it is the biggest cash cow you can absolutely find. I mean, oh my goodness gracious. Just look at cuz those numbers are not unique to just football either. Those oh, no. those are like franchises for everywhere. Those are just those two who happen to be currently ruling the NFL. The Chiefs. Oh my goodness. What a what a franchise though. That one it, it is a historic franchise. So I'm curious about like when they, when it was bought and blah blah blah. I don't know. That that number I, I like a little bit more. <laughs> well, it was the exp- so it was actually the expansion fee that Lamar Hunt paid in 1960 to found the Dallas Texans in the newly formed American Football League. He then renamed the team the Chiefs and moved it to Kansas City in 1963. So, what are I mean expand? Well, the NFL won't expand, but we see other expansion fees in some of the other leagues. So twenty five thousand dollars was literally just the expansion fee that he paid. That is why, if you've been a long time listener to Wake Up in the Den, Koo and I have talked <laughs> about it before. You should invest in the WNBA's franchises mm-hmm. or women's soccer too. That as well, but what I, I was—that's more what I've been pushing was the mm-hmm. WNBA because I, I likened to the uh, the eighties and the nineties, right before the boom. I think we can afford it, Paul. It, yeah, we can afford the yeah. expansion fee in Seattle. Let me let me work a few, <laughs> a few Waikiki beachside yeah. restaurant jobs along this one. All I right. Think so last but not least, before we step aside for a break, because I think this is fascinating. When we you know we talk about players and Patrick Mahomes, obviously um, gave the Chiefs back their return on investment with his massive contract. Uh, his average annual value is now he seems underpaid at forty five million dollars. On the flip side, Nick Bosa's. Average annual value is $34 million for the San Francisco 49ers. But you take a look at the top 10 highest paid coaches in U.S. sports. And at the top is Sean Payton. Average annual salary of $18 million uh, with, quote unquote, only one championship. And obviously not with the team that he's currently coaching, the Denver Broncos. 
Fortunately, the second highest paid coach is well worth it. Uh, Greg Popovich with the San Antonio Spurs with all of his was five championships, uh, $16 million. Eric Spolstra, who recently got a massive contract, well worth it for the Miami Heat. $15 million with two championships. Sean McVay, one championship. Kyle Shanahan, fifth highest paid coach in U.S. sports at $14 million. Monty Williams from the Detroit Pistons, 13.1. Mike Tomlin, 12 and a half with one championship at seven. John Harbaugh, 12 million. And here we have Andy Reid. Another one that seems almost like he's underpaid as he ranks ninth with two championships and going for a third, but obviously has been in the running like what feels like this whole time. I know for all of the young of uh, new fans to the NFL. They don't know anything else but the Chiefs dominating like that in recent Big years. Man. And then you have which is interesting, so all the professional sports and then it tied actually with Andy Reid is Dabble Sweeney with the Clemson Tigers at 11 and a half million dollars. What did Sweeney say? Some something about God is our transfer portal oh or God's God. our NIL. <laughs> Whatever, dude. So, I thought this was fascinating just to look at all right, well, Kyle Shanahan better make that fourteen at a or fourteen million dollars worth it and bring back a championship for the San Francisco 49ers. And Monty Williams, I don't know, are we getting close? Anywho, um, <laughs> gotta <laughs> that, step aside. That's a whole yeah, we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven sixty. Welcome back to all of you, the beautiful list of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani alongside DJ Polly B. Oh, hello, Hiko. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted again. Squirrel. <laughs> we have the Hiko trucks outside. Hope that doesn't mean the power goes out. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Surely but, that has nothing to do with why our friend Alan <laughs> Mia did his little dancey dance Maybe. outside the window before. I mean, I knew this was coming because, like, I did get an email and our AC custodio had let me know what was going on. But it's just when you see all the stuff outside, it's, like, distracting. All Squirrel. Right. All right. Getting back to uh, switching gears, too, because it is Manawahine Wednesday. I know I mentioned it last week, especially during our show with UH Baseball head coach Rich Hill, because he is an avid surfer, in case you guys didn't know or missed the show charging 20 foot waves and that's still incredible by the way but uh and we mentioned it briefly that hawaii's carissa moore has announced her retirement from competitive surfing or at least from the championship tour i shouldn't say from competitive surfing because she will uh, compete in the olympics but the lexus pipe pro which is the holding period started on monday and it is officially a go it is underway at bonsai pipeline on the north shore of oahu uh, before we get you some updates about that and tell you uh some of the or let you know where the women stand in terms of their matchups and also the men at the lexus pipe pro here is carissa's announcement that she posted on her social media uh last week i'm um, just announcing her step away from competitive surfing I've been thinking a lot about my journey. Well, I guess our journey together. A swell has been building on the horizon for a while now, and I feel compelled to follow it and to follow you, to step away from the tour and to see who we are outside of the jersey. A push 
a glide. That's where it all started. You lifted me up and in that moment, that was the moment I fell in love. If I think about it, you really taught me to dream. Big dreams filled with purpose and possibility. You pushed me to dig deep, to never settle and to find a way through. You also showed me how to win and exceed all expectation. There's also been heartbreak, defeat. But you taught me to never be defeated, keep rising and to try again. You helped me to trust in myself, own my fears and my insecurities, to never stop believing. You taught me that the joy lives beyond the accolades, beyond the titles. It lives in the people, in the friends, the family, the smiles, the love, and the journey. And now our journey continues together. Crossing into the unknown is scary, but you've taught me that's where the real magic happens. I can feel the butterflies, but I am excited to paddle over the ledge, to let go of the rails and enjoy the ride. A lesson that you taught me. Dear surfing, you've been my greatest mentor. Thank you for the dream, for the adventure, and the endless pursuit. How's that drama? I I said it. I was like, that was great production value. Like, it still value. sounded odd. Because so this was the audio that was from her video that she posted on Instagram. So there was like a whole video montage. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out on her Insta. But when I was just listening to the audio and I was like, you know what? This might actually still translate very, very well on radio. And sure enough, it did. And, you know, it's kind of from her own words. As we mentioned, she is competing in the Lexus uh, Pipeline Pro at Bonsai Pipeline, but already a five-time world champ and, of course, the winner of the Olympics when it first became a sanctioned sport Casual. for the Olymp- Olympics. I know. It's like, yeah, that's all. Like, that's all. She's a five-time world champ, won the Olympics. world champ, Olympic champion, you, you know, know, whatever. Who cares? And she is, you know, part Native Hawaiian as well. So she she's is just star. the people's champ here for Hawaii sport that is surfing. And it's going to be sad to see her go. She did win the Pipe Pro last year, which was awesome to see. So at least she got to check that off her bucket list as well. But looking forward to what's going on now, as I mentioned, the Lexus Pipe Pro is a go. They've started with the men's heat so far, but on the women's heat, Carissa Moore is going up against Sally Fitzgibbons of Australia and Bryce Hennessy. Hen- yeah, Bryce Hennessy. Uh, looking at some of the other Hawaii women, so Carissa's in heat two. In heat one, we have Hawaii's Betty Lou Sakura Johnson going against Tyler Wright and Luana Silva. Um, Moana Jones-Wong, who also won uh, the Pipe Pro a couple of years ago as a wild card. She goes up against India Robinson and Caroline Marks. Uh, and rounding out the Hawaii surfers will be Gabriella Bryan in Heat 4. Oh, sorry. <laughs> against Caitlin sorry, Simmers. Sorry, walking around. And Isabella earthquake. Nichols. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is this is when we need the video cameras. So, yeah, sorry, I kind of really stuttered is. there, you guys. Like we, As we mentioned, Heat goes working outside and... 
I don't know what they did, but the building shook a little bit, so it kind of startled me. Um, dropped something on the ground. My goodness. It was me walking, folks. Oh, my gosh. So if you guys want to stay updated, you can go to worldsurfleague.com. I'll also give you the more, you know, obviously results as we go throughout the week. Uh, the men, there's a lot of them. <laughs> we'll go through some of the Hawaii guys. So no Hawaii men have gone so far, as I mentioned the men's heats are happening right now. Seth Moniz is in heat four against Griffin Colapinto and Ramsey Boo Kim. I'm not sure if I said that correctly. My apologies. Uh, Jackson Bunch, another Hawaii surfer, is in heat five against Ethan Ewing and Cole Hauschmann. Uh Cheyenne Crawford from Hawaii going up against a couple of Brazilians in heat six. That is Felipe Toledo and Samuel Pupo. John John Florence, another uh, Hawaii surfer that we are very familiar with on the men's side, is up against Kyle Belly and Jake Marshall. Uh, Imaikalani DeVault of Hawaii is against Ryan Kalanen and Jordy Smith. Uh, we have a couple of Hawaii guys in the same heat. That is heat 11, Baron Mamiya and Ian Gentile, along with U.S.'s Crosby Colapinto. And last, but of course not least, uh, the final Hawaii surfer in Heat 10, Eli Hanneman, against a couple of surfers from Japan, that is Connor O'Leary and Kanoa Igarashi. So a lot of action. We will keep you updated. Uh, before we have to take our final break, though, keeping with our Mana Wahine Wednesday theme as we were celebrating Carissa Moore and cheering for her, hopefully she her final stop on the championship tour, her final or I guess, competition that she will ever have on the CT that she, hey, bring it home. Bring, bring it, it on home. home. Or, I mean, she's already home, so. Bring it home bring again. It, bring it home home. I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, one of the other things to go viral, obviously, along with Tay-Tay, is Christian, or Christian, Kristen Uchuk, the designer that Juice. went viral, gained a lot of, followers as she is the wife of Kyle Yuchuk who plays on the San Francisco 49ers but she designed those beautiful jackets for Simone Biles and Taylor Swift uh literally it? anyone Brittany Mahomes um Taylor Lautner even and another football player and someone else what's it Debo I think I think she designed something for Debo Samuel as anyone well anyone who asks she goes out of her way to make I mean, top of the line, like best of the best type of stuff. I, and the best part is her husband loves to prop her up. Oh, he all like he celebrates does, her all he lights the up. time. Every time somebody asks mm -hmm. Kyle about like, oh, Kristen, I saw Kristen did this. Oh, she she designed that. He lights up talking mm -hmm. about it and how hard she works it is the cutest thing ever if you have not seen it i do recommend going to see that and if you haven't seen the jackets she puts out they it's are awesome. i mean yeah oof, if i had money <laughs> so, so we'll see so that's the thing up until i think all of these were more so gifted or at least paid for under the table i think her one to taylor was probably gifted so she has actually been granted a license now to use NFL marks in men's and women's apparel designs. The financial terms were not disclosed, however. So just because I saw a lot of questions on social media. So basically, when it when it comes to licensing, you are pretty much allowed to design your own stuff using NFL logos or whatever. You just can't sell it. You're basically not allowed to make a profit off of it is kind of what it is. Then you have to go through the proper channels of 
actually getting a license because the NFL and actually like say like the University of Hawaii, you have to pay a licensing fee to the University of Hawaii in order to sell things that are have the UH's logo on it. So it's the same thing with the NFL, obviously on a bigger scale. And they don't just grant licenses to anyone. You see it all the time where if you go swap me, people are selling it. I'm doubt they're paying anything, but you know, that the small potatoes and what the NFL is worried about. Um, but they granted her a license, so now she is able to sell it without good. like freely. So that's good. So no financial terms were disclosed. Eh, we don't need to know. But good. so for the most part, she was probably gifting those jackets to all those people and it worked out because she landed herself a deal. So now she is able to sell it and make a lot of money. And now all of her hard work is going to pay off. They rock. They rock, man. I am very excited to hear that she got the licensing partnership agreement, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. It's it's important too. anybody who does business on that side of things knows how far a partnership with the actual league itself can get you. So really awesome for her, really awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And it just continues to to show you the different pipelines of ways where women can get into the NFL, can get into sports where like this is a sport for everyone. This mm-hmm. is a sport and where people can get interested for different reasons. And that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, it's incredible to see. And I'm so happy that, Again, they granted her the license. I'm sure there would have been pushback if they wasn't. But now, I mean, those cuts, like the one Taylor was wearing, probably like $5,000. I mean, that stuff takes time because it was like a big jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they just have more people wearing their stuff. Now they look like the good guy because they're granting. This is something, this is my issue with the MLB. This is my angry Alan rant. This is my issue with the MLB because MLB does the complete opposite. They refuse to let the rights of their product go anywhere outside of where they can't grow the game. Fan accounts Mm -hmm. don't share videos. They can't share new fun content, new fun, you know, athletic Mm -hmm. wear and clothing, blah, blah, blah. And it's why you hear about, oh, baseball's dying. Baseball's dying, which by the way, no, it's not. But baseball's also not growing at the same rapid rate at which the NBA does at the same rapid rate in which the NFL does. And that's because the NBA and the NFL don't have an issue doing things like this, which help your game grow. Congratulations to Christian Juszczyk, who is awesome at what she does. And she's going to continue to do awesome, awesome things. Yeah. Maybe I can start saving money so I can afford one of her pieces. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice. That's why. Anyways. All right. Got to step aside. We'll come back to wrap things up with some NBA. (gasps) (gasps) Orlando Magic. On Wake Up in the Den. (laughs) Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760. Before we get into some NBA talk, I want to remind everyone to tune in tonight. We will have OIA Girls Basketball Championship Action, Division 2 at 5.30, and that will be Farrington and McKinley, followed by Division 1 at 7.30 with Campbell looking for their three-peat, or Kahuku very much uh, close to returning to the top of the OIA in girls basketball. So be sure you stick around for that. You can listen on Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and hoysportsradio.com 
or on demand uh, tomorrow at HawaiiSportsRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Going to the NBA, uh, taking a look at the standings right now. We'll start off with the Western Conference because the LA Clippers, not too shabby, looking pretty good right there, sitting at fourth in the Western Conference behind the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Denver Nuggets, and the Minnesota Timberwolves up top. However, I mean, it's a really close race as the Clippers are just two games behind the T-Wolves and behind them who would be into the playoffs are the Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns. And going over to the Eastern Conference... Orlando Magic would be in the play-in. Uh, <laughs> they are at eighth right now. Bulls and Hawks are behind them, and then the Miami Heat are in front of them. The Pacers, the team of our Michael Lascaro, is at six, and the Philadelphia 76ers at five. Cleveland Cavaliers at four. The New York Knicks, Paul Breck's team at yep. three. And two are the Milwaukee Bucks. And at number one, what seems like they're way ahead is the Boston Celtics with 37 wins, so they would be even ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have 33 wins, setting it sitting at 33 and 14, and the Boston Celtics at 37 and 11. Paul's New York Knicks are currently, as we said, sitting at three, six games behind the Boston Celtics. But as it seems like we're going through the middle portion of the NBA season, it seems like there's every team, the teams that we weren't anticipating such as the New York Knicks and the LA Clippers are all of a sudden trying to figure it out so it'll be a fun down the stretch point in the NBA season seeing where everyone ends up hopefully my Orlando Magic can sneak in (laughs) but for now uh we will cheer in the studio for the Clippers and of course the Pacers and Paul's New York Knicks Let's go Knicks. The Knicks are the hottest team in the league right now for anybody who is curious. They've won eight games in a row, the longest winning streak in the NBA. Um, And they're doing it right now without Julius Randle, which is impressive because he has been an all-NBA player two of the last three years. He was well on his way to a third all-NBA selection before dislocating his shoulder against the Miami Heat, who you mentioned before sit just a game in front of the Magic. The Heat have been on a tailspin right now. I talked about how the Knicks longest winning streak in the NBA. Well, the Heat, they're actually on the longest losing streak in the NBA right now. They've lost seven consecutive games and things not really looking much better for them. So your Magic, not in too bad of a spot there. You mentioned our Michael Lascaro, his Pacers, their team who uh, they'll enjoy the boost of Tyrese Maxey being, or Maxey, goodness, Tyrese Halliburton being back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, obviously, in Philadelphia, a guy who has started to take that star turn since James Harden was traded to the Clippers. It's going to be important for him to continue that star turn as Joel Embiid goes through some knee issues right now. I know that's been a big talking point in the media. I personally believe the 80% threshold, the the 65 games you have to play to be in consideration for any awards, I think it's a good thing. Oh, I think you should have to be a part of 80% of your team's work days to mm-hmm. be in consideration for a major award. Also, if you go back and you look through history, there has never been an MVP that has played less than 65% of his team's game, or pardon me, less than 80% of his team's games, less than 65 games in an 82-game season. So, makes sense. Precedent is there. I know people are angry about it because of the money aspect of it. I do agree that that's a little bit junk, but whatever, because also, <laughs> once again, injuries are part of the game. And ah. as unfortunate as it is, you have to make the decision, should I play through this or should I sit out? Do I care about winning? Do I care about 
you know, health. Do I care about winning? And for that reason, I need to sit out. A lot of storylines coming out of that. I'm curious how it continues to play out. Western Conference, our Clippers uh, here on HSRN. That's a team who you really should keep an eye on. They've figured things out ever Mm -hmm. since. A tough start after trading for James Harden. Since then, they've really kicked things up. That big three looking exactly how it's supposed to going into this second half of the year. Let's go. Oh, this is funny. That's why you this is why you chuckled when I was talking about the highest paid coaches and Monty Williams at six of highest paid coaches with thirteen point yes. one million. And the Detroit Pistons only have six wins of the season, sitting at dead last in the Eastern Conference. Take yep. that how you must, but we gotta go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening.